Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hey, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us today on this beautiful Thanksgiving day here in November. Uh, this is the Good Morning Gratitude. I'm sorry, I can't even talk yet. <laughs> Waking up still. It's the Good Morning Gratitude Show. This is our annual Thanksgiving Day show that we do. Uh, we've done this every year for years and years and years. This show started with me fiddling around live on the air with new equipment with uh, our youngest son, Quaid, helping me learn my new microphone and all the stuff that my brother had sent me. And uh, while we were fiddling around live on the air, people started to call in and say hello. (laughs) It was so cute. And it was Thanksgiving Day, so we turned it into a gratitude show. And it's been that way ever since. So I'm very grateful that you're all here with us. And there's so much to be grateful and thankful for. And um, with that said, one of the coolest things about this show is who we do the show with. And this year we have Joe Spurley with us. How are you, Joe? I'm doing great, Elizabeth. Thanks for being on, and a great day, and yeah, I think it's a great day to to uh, be grateful and give gratitude for everything, uh, you know, that we have in our lives. Oh, yeah, I think as I was, you know, I reflect, um, days leading up to Thanksgiving, I go kind of into reflection mode. I do this on my birthday, too, and I, I think about all the all the people who were involved in our lives in the past year, and you come spring right to the top. I'm like, we're so, our family is so grateful for you, not just this year, but for years and years and years and years now. So it's special that you're, you're here with me for those. I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, go all into explaining who you are next. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I want to give your website, go to joesperly.com. It's S P E R L E.com. But um and I might just let you explain who you are because you're, you're pivotal to so many people's lives. Yeah, I, th- I think, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's so many things I've done over the years, you know, of, of being an athlete and uh, coach and, you know, mentor. And a big part of, of me was giving back uh, to, you know, the youth and young men in, in the baseball world and sports world to, to help them you know, improve their skills and go on and enjoy the great sports and have a big, big part of their life. Cause that, that was what was a big part of my life was ever since, you know, being five, you know, playing sports, baseball, basketball, football, it was, it was stuff, you know, back then we didn't have computers and, and the video games. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, pretty much watch a little TV, maybe a game on and then go out and shoot the baskets or throw the baseball or play some little home run hitter or throw the football. So, it was a big part of my life, so you know I've been real, real grateful to uh, have helped a lot of uh, boys and young men to go on to to have successful uh, lives in in baseball, and it's been a great uh, honor to help Cam, your your uh, son, that's that's just one of the top, you know, that's just has uh, all the all the tools that we look for as coaches, and it's just great to watch him flourish the last year. Of, of just uh, smiling from the time he came here last summer to North Carolina to work with me and then to play in the summer league. And now up there at Georgetown, I can still remember that when he got the news that after they had come down and watched him, you know, pitched there at the high point rockers 
you know, new stadium, um, the, the news he got when he shared with me on the field, how, how he was just so excited to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that they had pretty much called and gave him an offer and now he's, he's there. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been great to help him and many others and just watch them. It's they're kind of like, uh, I say they're kind of like my, my nephews, you know, our stepsons. <laughs> Yeah, your own kids. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, what a magnificent kind of, kind turn of events. Huh? All 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 so rooted deeply in gratitude, re- belief in yourself, knowing your value, remembering your value and and uh gratitude for the for the sport and the way you play it and who you you know, how hard you work and all those things, they come it all comes into play. But you know, those moments of him going into the transfer portal and moving down to North Carolina and hanging out with Linda Pritchett and you all summer, you lived with Linda, the Pritchett's Luke and Linda and, and everybody in the Pritchett family and uh, worked out with you and did the old North state league and Rob Shore and just, you know, everybody, there's so many people to be thankful for. And then to have Georgetown in the house watching him pitch and then giving him an offer is just, I mean, it's just all so aligned. He uses that word now. <laughs> He's like, it just aligned. The stars aligned. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that word? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's a great word that, you know, aligned and, and that everything is, is going in the direction of, of uh, you know, being surrounding yourself, I think, with with very grateful and, and loving people and uh, people that really have your best interest that want to see the best for you. You know, I think that that really is a lot of what Thanksgiving is about is surrounding yourself with family and friends and people that have been a big part of your life and grateful to have them in your life. Cause as we know with the last few years of COVID, you know, uh, people can, uh, be, can pass in a, in a, in a heartbeat. So it, it, I think on this day, I start to even reflect way back in my childhood and a, a teacher that was big inspirational to me, Mike, Mike Hall. And, and, uh, you know, you just start really giving thanks. And, and I think the more that people do that, I think the world is, is better off. And, and many times in this world, we're busy in, in things with our lives and, and kids, but we forget to teach our kids. I think number one, to be grateful and to give thanks to their parents and to the grandparents and to people who've been a big influence in their life. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know I kind of old schooled that with our boys. I thought, you know, Peter and I both really old schooled that. And I don't know if that's an appropriate term, but I'm using it. Um, We really believed in teaching them handwritten thank you notes and, you know, calling people and they were, they were actually all raised with a sign hanging on the refrigerator of hashtag gratitude. <laughs> and it, they didn't, you know, they were like, now they, they'll make fun of it and go hashtag gratitude, mom. So it comes back at you sometimes if you're grumpy or whatever. <laughs> but um, last year for last year for Christmas, uh, we got them all t-shirts with hashtag gratitude on the front of it. So they all matched. It was pretty cute. Um, but yeah, I think you're so right to, to, um, to teach kids gratitude is a powerful thing because if you don't have that in, as a young person, as a tool in your toolbox, at some point you're going to learn it. And I think our mission is to help people learn that younger rather than older. So you're not turning around at like my age at 53 going, I need to learn about gratitude, but we do all still keep learning, don't we? (laughs) 
yes. Yes, we keep learning every day. I think that's the part that's always, you know, getting up every day and trying to, I always try and read some things and to, you know, learn each day and, you know, to better ourselves and to be, you know, helping others. I think that's the, the big mission I think that we both share of of your best ever you and, and with my coaching and mentoring and, and, you know, what I've done with, with my book, The Athlete's Guide to Success, to to share our, our life wisdom and, and stories to help others, uh, you know, a, a enjoy better lives. And, and like mm-hmm. I say, we all have gifts and talents and, uh, you know, that we, we can help each other with those gifts and talents to enjoy life and to uh, make the world a better place to live in and make an impact um, that will be forever remembered in people's lives and touch their hearts. So I have a person on the line who wants to say thank you to you, Joe. Go ahead, caller. <laughs> Hi, Joe. It's Cam. Happy Thanksgiving. Cam, same to you. <laughs> Great to hear hear from you. So how are things? Uh, you're, you're there at school in Georgetown? Yeah, I'm still at school. I'm, I'm with my, my roommate, Tyler. Um, so we're, we're cooking, having a nice little Thanksgiving meal for ourselves. But, yeah, we're, we're just throwing, lifting, doing, doing what we need to do for the off season. So. Uh, great. Great. Yeah, we were talking about, um, you know, life-changing moments. And it sounds like, you know, that we've, we've Joe and I and the whole family here and everything, we're, we're proud of you for you being at Georgetown and all the things that you do and all the things that you help other people and, you know, just all the things that you do. But what a, what a pivotal year for you. I mean, you have so much gratitude for Joe, don't you? <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be here without him. Um, that the whole summer was baseball experience that I've had in, in a really long time and it totally set me up for my future. So I yeah. can't thank you enough, Joe. Yeah, you're sure welcome. Yeah, I was before you're online. I was just sharing with your mom. I remember the the day when you got you came down with your dad and we had lunch and we talked about some things that we would you know wanted to to look at to do for you for to would help you and improve and have a a new chapter of uh, your life in baseball. And I remember how you were smiling there, and then we went on and put a lot of you put a lot of work into it. And then, uh, you know, got on the Hush Puppies team and then, you know, watching you, you know, pitch in those games and just, uh, you know, continuing to, like, have a whole new chapter of, of your pitching career. And then, of course, we we got down to where we worked on the cutter pitch and then watching you there at Reedsville, I think, strike out about eight almost in a row. And and then Georgetown coming to watch you and, and just the whole – you know, journey that was really, uh, really a great thing. And then, then, of course, I remember the day that you came on the field for the workout, and you had said you got the word from Georgetown that they had made you an offer, and it, it was like, you know, it, your whole your face was lit up like like you, you'd seen Jesus or something. You know, it was really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's and, a, and, a um, moment that I'll never forget. Yeah, Go ahead, Cam. it was really fun. It was really no, fun to see it. Okay. Yeah, to see you uh, yeah. enjoy what you do. Like like you said, it's what you love to do 
on that mound and and it's it's what you know I think God gave you the gifts and talents to do and you know it's just been a great part to help you go to that next level and I think this year is, you just it's going to be a whole amazing experience that you'll you'll uh, look back and always remember and it'll be fun for uh, me to watch and of course uh, your mom and dad part of that journey but uh, I, I think you guys that met... oh sorry go ahead you again. well I was going to say you guys met such a long time ago too I, I was thinking like back yeah. to like didn't you guys meet in Arizona we were gonna, and then it didn't work. And then I think that we had talked yeah. over the phone. I think after mm-hmm. after high school, and then ended up coming up there to Maine. I think it was about two, three years ago before the pandemic. Yeah. And we worked on and really instilled. I think that was the first time we really got some some new mechanic stuff that really kind of uh, saw a different side that there is of pitching. And then showed the cutter first. I can still remember. Uh, your dad watching that cutter and, and Quaid um, taking video of it. They were they were kind of blown away. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was one of those one of those moments with Quaid. Was, I think afterwards he was telling you and your dad that like you got to throw that pitch. You, know, you got that's a great pitch. Yeah, it was great to see him too of the of the brotherly love and gratefulness that he was there to spend time because, you know, that, that's quite a while to stand there and video for an hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we always say, Quaid, or Quaid always says that um, Camo's in a lot of Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah, of Saturdays. Probably, probably truthful. That, that I've, I've, you know, hundreds that I've worked with, you know, similar to Cam and, and younger, and and uh, there was times that, that – I'd go to games to watch them, and then, you know, they would tell me they had a sister or brother, you know, but they never came to the game. And I'm I'm like, well, you know, tell them to come watch you once, you know. it's you got to, you got to, uh, you know, support your brothers and sisters. And and uh, so I think that, that that's really a, a big part of this whole, you know, thank, happy Thanksgiving and family is, to, is for the family to support each other and be grateful for each other. So, Cam, yep. um, What's it like? What's it like being at Georgetown? Are you just so grateful for all your coaches and teammates and roommates and everybody? Talk about that a little bit, and then we'll go because I know you got cooking to do. Uh, well, I can say it's the best experience that I've had in a very long time, and these coaches really understand everybody and how we function as a group. Um, there's no real like. There's a lot of room for like your individual and like what makes you better, but like there's always like a connecting moment to like the team and how, how you impact the team. And, you know, in the lifts and stuff, we lift three to four days a week and it was, it's really intense, but everybody is laser focused on what they need to do and how to get better. And, you know, people see how they fit uh, the whole puzzle. And so it's not like me, 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 I'm the star. It's like, I can help the team in this way. So it's, it's, completely different to how my last five years of college baseball were. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love it. All right, Cam. Um, That's great. I'm so so grateful for all four of our sons. I I just want to say that out loud. My family, my, my, the kids are Connor Quinn, Cam and Quaid. And um, we're going to miss you today, Cam. I'm not going to cry right now, but (laughs) you have, Joe, we sent him bunt cakes. (laughs) 
he's got, <laughs> he's got a special delivery of tw- an assorted, they're called buntlets, I guess. <laughs> There's 12, 12 different kinds coming. So enjoy that, Cam. And Joy, Cam does not like turkey, so I'm very curious to hear how their, their Thanksgiving dinner went. I, I really want to know what you guys cooked. It'll be funny later to hear that. But um, yeah. anyway. So I'm, I, yeah. I, we love you. We hope you have a great day and a great we'll, – we'll talk to you later, of course, because we, we put the phone with Cam yeah. at it on the table when he's not able to be here, and it's pretty cute. But um, anyway, we're grateful for our family and grateful for all four boys, and um, I'm, thanks, Cam, for calling in because it means – it matters. And I think yeah, that – Yeah, Cam, great to, great to uh, you know, hear you and, and uh, that you're having a, you know, great – experience there i think you hit on so many good things that you know i've always thought that it's important and still in in sports and you know it's it's chemistry uh, on the on the teams that i played on was very important we had at times we had a lot of talent but the chemistry and the, and the pulling together and and having role players and, and making an impact uh, on the team as a team i think and what you talked about is a great sign of, of great environment and uh, that the coaches are creating, and I'm happy uh, that you were able to to be in that, and look forward to you know uh, watching you and doing more to see you and have a great fun season. So, yeah. Thank you, Joe. All right. All you right. Bet. All right. Bye, Mom. Um, Cam, I'm going to mute you. Joe, will you stay on? And Cam, love yeah. you very much. Um, and uh, I'm going to mute you, and you can either hang up or keep listening or whatever. But we're going to keep talking, okay, Cam? Okay. Bye. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, Take care. honey. See you. Tell Tyler we said hi. Happy yeah, happy All right, Joe. Joe, don't hang up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'll stay on. All right. Oh, good. So, oh, thank you. Oh, is that sweet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, he's a special, <laughs> boy. special boy. You, you, uh, Peter, and you did a did a great job, and with all your boys, I've been around. Oh, You've you. done a great job, and it it really, I, I think, you know, in the in the world we live in. It's uh, we definitely need good parental love and direction, and and uh, having the kids uh, be thankful and grateful for uh, yeah. you know as as you know, and we you know as parents, it's it's there's no when you have children, there's no roadmap, and you really <laughs> just start to do things, and we we make we make great roads and we we make some some bumpy roads right that we've all done so we learn from that and and uh but i think you know as as we bring children into the world it's to to have them like i said earlier use their gifts and talents and to be thankful and enjoy life and you know make an impact which i know cam is already and you know, some of your other boys already making an impact and i think that is uh, a big message on this day, I think, for everybody yeah. to just give a little bit of their abilities. Just, um, you know, whether go take somebody to lunch or just make, I, I think many times just making a telephone call to somebody, I think it makes somebody's day that is kind of feeling lonely right now because this is always a tough time when uh, people have had loved ones pass and it, it brings back memories of not being able to be with them. So I think yeah. sometimes of just dialing the phone and saying, Hey, how are you? You know, just thinking about you, you know, love you and, and, uh, make, make their, uh, day be remembered because I think sometimes on these days, people, as we know, the depression 
goes gets higher because it's it's yeah. tough when you you know you know as losing your dad and I my parents passed you know many years ago so these days also bring back those those memories that uh, you know have to wish we had them back and we could have them you know cut the turkey and all that mm-hmm. but unfortunately it it doesn't work that way and until uh, we go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's so well put. Yeah, I, I always miss my dad. I miss my dad all the time. And he was so connected to Cam with baseball and everything. I went back to, um, I went back home and um, shortly after he died, and I hadn't, I hadn't really realized how he decorated, decorated his whole office with the boys. Um, I, I mean, I would see glimpses of pictures and things like that when I would talk to him. But um, his whole, all of his walls were all the kids, his grandkids and everything, and tons of pictures of Cam and everything. And, um, yeah, he just, my mom hasn't touched it, actually. It's, um, she's, you know, the, the walls anyway. She's cleaned up the office and everything but and changed it a little bit. But she left all the pictures that he put up, and it's, it's a beautiful um, assortment of everybody's accomplishments and moments and things like that. It's, it's truly lovely. And um, Peter, Peter, both of, both of Peter's parents are gone. Um, uh, they they both passed years and years ago now. But uh, we just went back to New Jersey. Um, all of his, his two sisters and husbands, wives, kids, and everything met in New Jersey to um, I don't know if celebrate the right word, but we tried to celebrate how wonderful of a mom um, his mom was. And so we met for the 25th anniversary of her passing. And, um, you know, we, we actually turned it into um, great memories. We went through her photo albums and their wedding album and all those things. So it was nice for, the grand, for, the, for her grandchildren to get to see her. And then we went bowling, which is something that she loved to do. And, you know, just we went all gratitude on it instead of sad about it. And it really changed the yeah. moment. It was it was lovely, yeah. And um, we all got to see each other, and it was fun. And now, um, yeah, Peter can't. And Peter says hello. He can't be with us right yeah. now. He's in the other room watching the dogs, okay. <laughs> trying to make sure the dogs don't bark. But the other person who's supposed to be on the phone, and I don't know if she's going to come. I just texted her again. Is Sally Huss? So if Sally can't be here, Joe, let's talk about her. Let's let's. You want to do that? I love yeah, Sally definitely. Huss. I can remember. Uh, being in La Jolla, California, which uh, is in the San Diego area, it was a it was a great place. I used to love to go to when I, when I was living in Phoenix, because as many people know, Phoenix is is hot. It's it's majorly hot. And I spent many years out, you know, playing, and then many years um, doing individual pitching and hitting baseball lessons. So for me, a big get away to get out of the heat for a lot of people that live in Phoenix is you either go to Flagstaff, Arizona up in the mountains where it's 8,000 feet cooler or you, you take you either take a flight or you get in the car and drive four hours to beautiful San Diego and the ocean's 70 degrees. Well, I went over there, used to love to go over to La Jolla and I was just walking down the sidewalk and I saw this, this lady on the, you know, on the sidewalk in front of her art gallery painting this brilliant colors painting and I, and I just was really taken by the, the just the, the you could see the the exuding uh love of that that painting she was doing i started talking with her and and really uh i felt a connection with her there was just something special about her just from her yeah. painting first of all and then her just talking and, and we started to share a little bit and then i went in her gallery 
and and everything in a gallery from on the walls to you know little things that she had on the counter to you know to that she painted to sell was all just so bright about about love and and gratefulness and and just such and then started talking more with her and then you know um feeling more of some type of you know connection through through sports and almost kind of felt like she she was a, a, a an antimine you know just kind of the yeah. uh, and then then come to find out I, I saw a book on her that she had uh, her husband Marv had written about when they had she had been done uh on the pro tennis tour and uh had been offered to to open a new uh resort up in Vail and Marv was going to be the general manager and she was going to be the tennis pro and and uh just started looking through that and reading about how Bobby Riggs was brought in and and then that's <laughs> when I first found out that she was you know a, a, a very talented Wimbledon semifinalist that that had amazing uh gift in tennis besides her artistic ability so uh we ended up just spending a good half hour and talking and then I, I just was so connected and felt that I asked her let's if we could do some lunch so we went next door had some lunch and then had some great time and then she wanted to have uh, supper with her and Marv and we then went and had had some supper and told stories and sports and one of the great things I, re- I remember about her was when she was we were talking about you know, baseball instruction that I was doing, and I was at that time working on putting the Freedom League together, the minor league in Phoenix, and she was really had a, had also a love of baseball and was connected to the Padres and, and the uh, announcer, and, and she just kind of said out of the blue, you know, she was a very good tennis instructor that, that used a, a lot of zen, she called it, that she had learned from years ago. She said, you know, I think I could teach hitting. And I said, yeah, I think you could teach hitting too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could just about do anything because cause she had really done a lot of things up there in Vail with a lot of, uh, I think Barbara Streisand and and Robert Redford. Yeah. I mean, it, it had to have been just oh, amazing. Robert uh, Redford. Time. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 when I think of him, I think of one of the greatest baseball movies ever was The Natural. You natural. Know, I, yeah. I watched that many times. Yeah, that was that was a really touching, great movie that Robert was was the. Uh, the, the the what was it? he was the 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 boy the the, yeah. the natural yeah but anyway um, yeah so so just um, spending time with her is just she's amazing I mean I, I'm glad I knew when I introduced you two together it was going to be a special connection because she she has amazing way to uh, with her artistic ability to write children's books and and uh, just does that like I think she just rattles off like doesn't she do a book a week it's incredible she's like it's a, just, she's like a mom to me I love her and we have a saying yeah. uh, like I'm full of ideas like she she knows I fly at the pace of I don't know what it is probably similar to her and um, when I give her a bad idea she says carry on <laughs> and so she, I'm like can you paint that or can you draw that for me or paint it for me so right above me even right now on my desk is um it's it it's probably Sally and in her hands is the word on and carries with it just says carry on and it's all signed by her for me and it just reminds me you know not all ideas are great and keep going and all this stuff but um 
but I've had the brilliant, um, I've had brilliant moments with her in my life. She just is, um, she's like a brilliant light is what I mean by brilliant. I don't mean, and she's brilliant, smart too, but I mean a brilliant light in my life. And we just get each other. And I still need to get on the airplane because of darn COVID. And I need to get on the airplane and go give her a big hug now that COVID is lifted a little bit, which I'm going to do soon. Um, but I've had the the amazing fortune of helping her with her last three books. And um, so we've done a, food, a lesson for every child learning about food allergies self-confident sandy and best ever you and we're working on a fourth one right now called dream big and uh anyway guess who is on the phone joe <laughs> sally <laughs> she's here hi oh. sally well, it's, it's a great we're talking about you sally i i hear and i'm wondering who, who the heck are they talking about and uh anyway, hi, I, sally. I certainly realized it was, realized it was joe hi joe and um, but uh, uh, my my husband had a, a very difficult night, and I and I over, you know, I overslept. I mean, I was trying to stay awake to make sure he was okay, and uh, I fell asleep and didn't um, arrive on time. But um, so I'm very grateful today, and for sure that he's fine. And um, oh, so we uh, we are carrying on. Yeah, we have this book. In fact, it was. Um, the hardest thing about a children's book or any book that I've found is that, you know, doing the illustrations. Not hard, just time-consuming. And um, so this book, uh, by fluke, when I happened to be going through my um, books that we had just moved and I uh, to rearrange them, and I was going through the books, and I started reading the books, the children's books, to my husband. And I said, God, look at this book. And I read the book, read it, and I said, it's really got a great message. It's a good book, you know, and I go through another one. And um, I came upon one that had not really been published, and and I came upon the information, and the illustrations were all done. And I said, my gosh, this sounds like a book that could really be Dream Big (laughs) with with Elizabeth. And so it took me about two days to pull it together, and now I've got the book completed except for the the cover, I have to finish the cover, but it's yeah. a wonderful book uh, to you know inspire children not in typical way, but in many ways to dream, to use their imagination, and to see how great they could be. You know, could they possibly be great? You know, is it possible? I remember the day my my father, um, off the side of a tennis court, said um, to me when I was. 10, he said, well, how good do you want to be in tennis? And I said, you know, I just sat there and I didn't really have any idea. I just kind of went along with things. And he said, why don't you be a champion? And boy, it never occurred to me. And so I thought about that and I said, oh, okay, okay. And that's what we did at that very moment, decided to focus on being a champion. And um, uh, all children can be champions in ways by Dreaming big and thinking bigger than just going along, you know, extending oneself and, and making an effort in the right way. So that's, that's what I did through my life. It was kind of wonderful. Affected everything I did from then on. I love you both so much, just so you know. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> you yeah, guys are so special to really me. This is, a, this is such a special moment. Thank you both for being here. Because I, I just I have such 
an immense amount of respect for you both for everything that you do. You're mentors to me. You, you, you guide me. You, you tell me when I'm wrong and when I'm right and (laughs) what I can do better and all these things. And I just, I love you both so much. And I love the impact you have on our, our, my own children, other people's children and everything. I have a question for you both. Who taught, who taught you to be this way? Who taught you to, to help other people? Or did you just learn it? Or who taught you that? Sally, I want you to go first. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Sally, go first. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe, because you're the person who's done the teaching. Yeah, I I think it it really, I I thought about that, you know, and and I think it was just something that was instilled in me as a young age to be the leader and be the captain in in the classroom and really kind of bring out the best in others as we were, you know, playing baseball, basketball, and football, and, and then in the classroom. And then um, watching it, I had, a, I had a very inspirational teacher in fifth and sixth grade that was really, uh, really made us really dig deep into our abilities and work hard and then in the classroom and in, in, out on the, the sports fields. But it just started to really come about. And then when when my mom passed, it really – you know, finding her past was a huge, um, you know, traumatic thing. But it, but rather than turning that into a negative and bitter experience, I just thought and kind of used that as an avenue to people that are struggling to help them and and to uh, you know be like a, even a coach. I remember the, as a 11 year old little league, I must've really shown some coaching and leadership because I was selected to the all-star team and, and it was a big, big uh, thing back then. In fact, that was one of the first time I got a fitted hat. You know, the kids that are listening now, we, that was, we didn't have fitted hats. So we went to the sporting goods store and got fitted in. So we had a practices and then the the coach for the all-star team was the coach of, of my little league team. So right before the tournament that we had, we had a scrimmage with another team and he said to me, here's the scorebook. I want you to write the lineup and be the coach. And, and I thought to myself, wow, that's, you know, at 11 years old, I look back at that and, and at that time must have had some showing some, you know, uh, gifts and talents of coaching and leadership. So I had enough that I knew that we would need guys to pitch and be, um, you know, be able to, to play other positions. So I pitched the first inning, I caught the second inning, and we moved everybody around and, and we had a great uh, experience. So that was something that just came about and it seemed like it was instilled through me, I think through, through God and through my uh, soul and the way that I was born to do what, what I'm doing. Mm, I love it. Thank you for that. Good. How about you? How about yeah. you, Sally? Yeah. Mm. Um, how did I learn to teach? Um, well, at a certain point, I, you know, I think I studied then and, different things, and I started changing the way I played tennis and in a very relaxed and unusual way, and I wrote a book on it, actually, uh, long ago, and um, I started teaching people this method. It was kind of like a method of playing tennis that was different than existed, and nobody knew about it, and so I was share. I liked to share it, and as I was sharing it with people by teaching, 
it seemed to develop and I loved it and I went back on the tour and played again uh, using uh, an extremely relaxed approach mentally and physically and it looked different and it was flowing and more dance-like and it was so wonderful and it was it was a great deal of fun. I had a great deal of fun sharing this with other people, how to change what they had and change the quality of it by their physically holding the racket in a different way and throwing the racket through space rather than hitting hitting the ball. And um, mm. in doing that, there was such enjoyment in teaching. That's how I ended up teaching. <laughs> And uh, uh, I went on, went on from there. But but it was just so much fun to share it, and that's what that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. And talk yeah. about the other side of you too with your artwork, because um, your artwork is uh, it's a sh- it's sh- shareable by the nature of it being artwork. So many people just love you. Um, they they recognize your art and your children's books and your in their in your paintings and everything. Um, how did you? How did you go from tennis to art? I know the story, but I, I just want the, the listeners to know. <laughs> yeah. uh, tennis to art, yeah. Um, well, from I'm, I'm a Gemini, first of all. And as you may know, Geminis um, tend to be able to do a lot of different things. So um, that had a, I had a, uh, this ability to play tennis when I was young, and at the same time, my mother encouraged my art uh, development. And she used to give me all kinds of uh, supplies, materials, you know, crayons, and you know, that was even before markers, and um, all sorts of craft kits and things when I was very young. And at one point, she, I remember she said, as we came back from a lesson, and we lived in Bakersfield, and we driving back, across the ridge route to Bakersfield from a tennis lesson. And my father was going on and on about the tennis. And my mother said, well, what about her art? And he said, art, you know, like art, it was nothing compared to tennis. And so my, uh, it was cast, you know, that that's what I would focus on. But I, uh, I always had this and, and did it in my spare time, did art in my spare time. And I graduated from USC actually in, in, uh, with a degree in fine art. And then um, I end up working in film um, as an assistant to Sam Golden Jr. And I worked with his art director. And again, I just used tennis at that time because there was no there was no professional tennis for women, and nor men really. But um, I uh, so I I went into different things and just used tennis as recreation. And I had a lot of friends. And I played a lot of tennis all over Beverly Hills and Malibu and interesting places and, um, just for the fun of it. And um, uh, so I, I developed the art interest and then I started uh, doing more art. And then I was pulled onto a court one time in Beverly Hills and met the man from Hallmark whom I ended up marrying. He was head of <laughs> advertising and promotion for Hallmark. But he, um, anyway, he, he looked at my art, and uh, uh, eventually, he said this is too esoteric, but eventually he came back to me when he lived in Kansas and, and Kansas City, and he said, we need some uh, greeting cards in this area of uh, for tennis, contemporary tennis cards, fun tennis cards. 
and I did some art for him very quickly. And um, anyway, when we got together, he could see that I had this talent, and so he started developing that, go out and do craft shows and that sort of thing, and do the, do write things. I ended up writing yeah. little inspirational thoughts and then doing a piece of art to go with it and um, created the whole line because he knew how the structure was in Hallmark is that you did a line of something, you know, thoughts for par- uh, for family members, thoughts, inspirational thoughts, that kind of thing. And so I moved into that, and then from that we opened a gallery in Laguna. And one gallery became five galleries that we owned, and then other people came forward. And they wanted one of these happy stores. And that, that's how the... Um, but I always had tennis, you know, but already I'm back, uh, I'm back uh, teaching a little bit of my Zen tennis and turning it into also Zen pickleball. Pickleball, <laughs> yeah. At the, garden, at the Garden of the Gods Resort here in Colorado Springs. And so I teach it a little bit different. Yeah, now, were you already, were you married when Marv asked you to do tennis cards? Or was that his, was that his way of, of talking to you? no. <laughs> He yeah he was in Kansas and I was in, in uh, <laughs> like West LA and, and yeah and he wanted a line of contemporary um, tennis cards and uh, his art department with all these people you yeah. know presented an uh, entire line and he looked at it and he said no these aren't right because he was a tennis player too and so he said you get a, get his um, his secretary get a hold of that gal out in California that I played tennis with at all of her and see if she could <laughs> do some um, cards for us. And, and uh, so I did them and sent them back and uh, the art department said, oh, we can do that. And he said, no, no, he, he wasn't going to let anybody steal it, you know. So they yeah. they bought them off of me. <laughs> How long have you guys so, been married now? I think somewhere around um, 45 years, 46 years. Mm, that's so yeah. wonderful. Long. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was just telling the story. He he he's he will be ninety um uh, Sunday. This oh. Sunday. Wow. Happy birthday. Happy, yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> I still remember when we had we had dinner there in La Jolla, you know, before you came on I was yes. asked, uh she um Elizabeth asked to, to tell the story of how I met you and and uh you know, walking, you know, I used to enjoy, love to go to La Jolla was a getaway to get out of the heat in oh, Phoenix yeah. and then walking along and seeing you painting that painting. It was just a, I think a huge, um, like you say, the, 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 the love and the, and the, the colors that you, you painting there and then stopping talking to you and then, and then walking in. And I knew there was some type of connection. There. It was almost like, like you were a distant aunt that I had, you know, didn't ever meet and then started uh, walking in your gallery and I think you know the 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 colors that you paint and everything was just uh, and I I really have never been a big big art you know but the way that you the love that you had in your pictures and the the sayings and and then you know uh, starting to to, then you tell me about your tennis experience in Vail I saw the book you had there and you know, it, it just really uh, is, is a huge uh, gift that you have, I think, to make everybody happy is what I saw walking mm-hmm. in there, you know. You know, that's a family though, gift. Uh, at that gallery, yeah, that gallery, um, I was I had an evening with uh, 
um, Jack Canfield and his wife and a friend of mine brought them over to the gallery uh, and wanted them, wanted uh, Jack to really see the gallery. Uh, we were meeting at the Lovell Inch Hotel. We went over to the gallery. It was at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. We turned on the lights and he walked in. He looked around. He said, what do people say when they come in here? And I said, they say it's bright and happy. And that's it. That's what it was. And that's what yeah, I focused on true. was um, happy. And, the you know, I did the happy musings for King Features for newspapers for 12 years little little panel uh, that had a little piece of art and a little inspirational thought. And I wrote those um, every day, six days a week for 12 years. And um, they went out into newspapers. And so. It's a book now too, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that one of your happiness books? You put a lot of those into a book. I do. You? I have a, a I, you know, my husband kept wanting me to uh, put those thoughts into books and books and so I said well I'll make one and I'll take the best of these and I did something called 365 reminders of the importance of living happy and um, people often don't realize how your vibration affects what comes to you and what your life is how you make it by just um, remaining in a state of happiness you know and uh, so those were little reminders and um, yeah but I would I just started those when we were lived in uh, La Quinta and I saw one of those I was in an, a, a print shop and I went over to use their phone at some point to check with Marla or something and I looked next to the phone and there was one of my little happy thoughts that had come from the newspaper it cut out and stuck on the wall there yeah. That really pleased me to know that someone could see these because they were probably on a lot of uh, refrigerator doors and things like that that people save a thought that just meant something to them. You know, Beautiful. Person. Okay, I have two more questions for each of you, and we've got like 15 minutes left. Can you guys, Sally, can you stay on for a little bit sure. more? And Joe, can you too? Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I love, I love the topic of well-rounded success. Me, you know, like people can be really good at one thing, but in reality, you know, the all areas of our life, we're looking for them to be successful. Um, when you're really good at one thing, like baseball or tennis or art or mentoring others or writing books or, you know, all of those things, can you talk about what it means to have well-rounded success? Um, Joe, go first with that. Mm, that's a good, good question. I, I think it is, you know, having all aspects of, of life of, you know, having good morals and ethics and and impacting um, the world and others uh, with your gifts and talents to uh, make a difference, you know, and, and being worldly, I think, is uh, and, and reading daily, like I mentioned earlier, I like to do. I, th- I think that if we learn and continue to... Um, you know, stay up on things to, we have to change with the world and we have to, uh, you know, be able to uh, relate to others and, and uh, be on the same, I think, communication a lot of times level is, is very important if, if you if you talk to a lot of people in, in a lot of high, uh, as you say, impact leaders that, uh, if you mention a name, a lot of people remember they, they do a lot of, um, 
listening and a lot of communicating um, to to people to no matter what level they're on to to share their wisdom and and share their experiences and also to help them you know in in ways that by using their gifts and talents so that that comes to mind when you mention that term for me mm-hmm. yeah that's well put very well put how about you sally what is what's well-rounded success mean to you um I guess uh, I guess uh, going back to the thought of planting that seed uh, into a child of of um, being their best, striving to be their best, you strive in anything instead of avoiding doing something, but doing your best to accomplish whatever it is, um, whatever the task is, is so important, and um, children. Children can just go along, go along, and if they're not encouraged to become, to do, to to extend themselves in areas, they don't develop that talent. And it happened that I just uh, uh, was writing my my little life story, a little life story, but <laughs> life story. And in doing that, I had to look back, and it was very difficult. It was the hardest project I'd ever given myself to do. In doing that, I started from the beginning and went through, and I, I was, uh, could see this, this um, tendency to do the best I could. And I think it came from my father planting that seed of becoming a champion. And I know I heard uh, long ago, a friend of mine told me the story of the great Toddy, who was a spiritual master who was in Italy, and how Toddy had worked with um, the, the scientists in, in Rome and when he was quite a young man, and he was an extremely developed, highly evolved person. And he, he worked with them, the scientists, and they, they brought a box of, they brought a box of uh, earth, dirt, into um, the Vatican and studied it. They studied all the elements and what the energies in the soil were. And they found that energies in soil are chaotic until you plant a seed. And when you plant a seed, all the energies uh, align themselves to manifest that seed, to come together and to line up and to manifest that seed. And that's what happens when you plant the seed in a child by uh, saying something like, would you like to be a champion? Would you be a champion? Be the best you can be. Simply be the best you can be. Plant that seed. And all of life comes together to make that happen. And I, I think there's a lot that is, we're all helped in on the other side, on the invisible side. We are helped yeah. because we have these desires and these um, uh, intentions. And um, that's, that's how Beautiful. I, when I look back at my own life, I could see that manifest in every area. It didn't matter what I seemed to fall into. I would just uh, do the best I could, you know. Well put, both both. I love your both of your answers. I have what comes to mind is you know as you're trying to be the best you can be, and as you're trying to to succeed in all areas of your life. What do you what do you do if you bump into adults who 
don't have your best interests at heart or they say you can't do something or you're not as good as you think you are, or, you know, crappy things that, that just don't serve, don't serve your mission. <laughs> what, what have, like Joe, take that for me and, and talk about, you know, the naysayers and the narcissists on board and things like that. And, and not too negative, but, <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to give people some advice because out there, I'm sure somebody's listening going, you know, I'm trying here, but I'm bumping up against things that are not, you know, giving me a clear flight path. Yeah, I think that's a real, a real good question because I think it's very, very important in this day and age to have a, a mentor and a coach who really knows how to develop your your gifts and talents, and really has your best interests. Because there's many in the in the competitive world now. I think it is is changing so much in the youth level and all the way through high school and college and professional level. But really, especially the youth level. You know, back when I was growing up, and I'm sure Sally, there, there was not these um, tournament weekend teams that you, you know, you paid to play on. And then it, it was, it was set up to, to get higher level instruction and to, you know, play and get competitive to help advance. And unfortunately there's good in that. And then there's the side that it opens up uh, sides where, where many times the best interest of the boy or girl in the sport that, that they're having as a team is not, um, getting that um, development and there are experiences where they're not being, you know, played or just devalued. So it is, it is a, a time I think that's real important. I would stress to all the parents that have a boy or girl playing sports to, to really find a mentor, a coach, you know, I know Sally's done many things and she has an amazing way to teach. And, and that's something that I've always been able to do is to teach and, and really have a knack to see the strengths and weaknesses and uh, develop them mentally, I think, and physically. So many times, you know, the lost art is, is the mental side that I think um, you're only going to go so far unless you really understand the mental side to handle the the pressures that come about the higher level you go. So when those higher level come about many times, if you don't have that advocate like Sally was talking about to develop that seed that's going to be there to support you um, as parents and a coach and mentor, it's very tough to, to fight through those obstacles that really you mentioned that sometimes people don't see things the way that you do and what's best for the boy or girl to develop. So I really highly of what I've seen in the last few years recommend the parents to really, if, if your son or daughter is not having fun, number one, and is, and is just playing, traveling all over, playing in tournaments and, and you're not seeing things that really is, is for the benefit, I would really highly recommend to make, and jump off the team and, and just not play for or find another team because I, I hear many moms in, in some groups they're they're asking for advice their their son or daughter's not getting to play or they're bringing on new new players um, so you really have to find that fit where somebody really truly knows how to number one develop and number two cares and wants to see the best for the athlete to overcome these because if you don't have that it gets frustrating for the parents and the athlete and i hate to see many that uh quit 
you know, at age 13, like I wrote in my book, the studies have shown age 13 boys and girls and older are quitting sports because of burnout, overuse injuries, too much pressure, uh, win at all costs coaching and not number, not having fun playing the sport. And, you know, that really is, is a huge uh, number that I think that if we can impact and have them to turn to. I think a lot of times parents don't have anybody to turn to and they feel like they, they can't talk to the coach and they can't, um, you know, um, see the other side, what, that they can have somebody help them. It's, it's all the way through youth high school, college now that's happening mm-hmm. as, as we've seen, you know, with, uh, Cam and, and others in college right now also. Yeah. And, and you feel, you used really good words there. No, you know, no place to turn to. I mean, in some instances, you feel like you, as a parent or the athlete, or you know, even a even a person in a job, um, you can't turn to the coach or the manager or other players or whatever. It does feel like there's no one to turn to to talk to, and that's why the outside eyes on uh, the situation or you like you're saying, are so important, right? Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, go griping and then you never play again. Or, um, yeah. you know, th- you, you, yeah, there's exactly. fear yeah. involved. There's like a tremendous fear involved. Like if I open my mouth and, and say something, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> you know, and that's in yeah, any situation, peel, people feel exactly. like that. I mean, if you look at like, let's just take Sally, for instance. I mean, imagine if she wouldn't have had the support of her father and the coaches in the Zen, um, you know, it, it, even back then there wasn't, like she mentioned, I wasn't realized there wasn't money to be made in it, you know, as there is now, but the, the amazing natural talent that she had to have to do what she did, you know, in that era, um, is incredible, but without, um, I'm sure there was, there was roadblocks and there was times, but there obviously had to been, um, you know, your dad, you mentioned in there, Ben, you mentioned his end, but Sally, you, it'd be good to hear you talk a little bit about, um, you know, things that you saw that really made a difference that were able to allow you to continue to play and, you know, and, and excel and be a champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sally, yeah. are you there? Yeah. yeah. Can you? Um, <laughs> that's really yeah. interesting topic. Go ahead. It is, isn't it? I'd I'd love to hear like what did you bump up against that were challenges in in your career here, whether it's art or tennis, you know, people, you know, how how important is that for you to be around people that that love you, have your best interests, and you can actually communicate with them about what's going on? Yeah, um, it was extremely important, certainly in the tennis, because I had I was not someone who was particularly driven to be. Uh, a great player in any way and all this and it, but I had that father and then I had a wonderful coach they my father found the best coach he could and it was George Choley who was at USC mm. for many years and won many NCAA championships but um, having a coach and my father who followed through on what I was taught each weekend and how we worked um that was extremely important, um, and it, it, what my art, I never considered um, anything. I never considered to have a job in art in any way. And again, when I got together with my husband, he was the one that said, "Wow, oh, you know, you've got talent. Here, let's do something with this." And 
and develop that. And then I just kept going. Once I got on my feet, I just kept going. As people wanted to buy what I had, what I was creating, and that was my incentive to keep going <laughs> in that area. You know, so um, I needed that. Um, I talked to Joe, I believe, before I did the book "Let's Play" and the importance of playing with, uh, which is lacking a lot of times in the sports field today, and maybe in a lot mm-hmm. of fields, but. Um, uh, that that book um, is helpful to for people to understand for children, but also for parents. And it was yeah. it, if you have a have a coach or somebody's not supportive, a co- coach is not the right person. Does not put you down, put you down, or not include you. Then to find another coach that does, um, that seemed to be a really good solution to that. So yeah, um, and I you know and. But I remember having a friend in USC who was at the same classes that I, I was in, and he was a fine painter. And he said to me, at one, but you'll ne- never be anything but just another uh-huh. a pretty line, a pretty line. Uh-huh. You know, that that's all you could do is, is create a pretty line. And um, it was like I was not going to be an artist. And, you know, that it, it kind of those thoughts kind of squelch a person. Even now, <laughs> you know, 60 years later, whatever it is, um, I remember that line, and yet um, it didn't hold me back. Um, I had very good instructors in both Occidental and USC. I'm glad you just said that Not. because, you know, it it conjures up just some of the things that people have said to me over the years. Um, like when I very first started Best Ever You, I quit, I quit my job in financial services, and um, I had registered Best Ever You, and somebody called me and said, I want that domain. And I'm like, well, sorry, you can't have it. <laughs> and he's like, well, I own everything best, and I want that's one I don't have. I'm like, well, too bad, you know, kind of thing. And it made me like – so it, we – I kind of I kept the line. I said, no. And, and he said, well, you're never going to be anything but a washed-up soccer mom. And I'm like, wow, that is that. Yeah, that, no, I got said to me, you're never going to be anything but a washed up soccer mom. This is years ago. This is back in 2008 now. And I was, I hung up on the guy. But before I hung up, I said, dude, my kids don't even play soccer. And I hung up and it made me go to my computer and register the domain for like 30 years. I mean, really, like I doubled down and I'm like, no, um, not a soccer family. And boy, are you wrong? Watch. And, but, you know, so sometimes it kind of fuels you, but I still can, you know, right. it's a bitter moment. You're like, wow, I can't believe you as a human being, as I'm trying to achieve something here, just said that to me. Yeah. And, but people, we, people do that to other people. They, you know, I know Cam's had some things said to him, like, you're, you're not as good as you think you are and stuff like that. And I was like, well, what is that? Who says that to somebody, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And it, you're just like, wow, if you let that take hold. <laughs> It washes all gratitude out for everything. It, you know, it, talk about that, Joe. I mean, it just wipes you out. And somebody, it almost is like somebody has to come back in and be like, let me put your mindset straight again, <laughs> you know, if you can't do it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, you know, there's two ways you can look at it when you run into that type of people that, that say those things. And, and for me, I, I ran into a lot of obstacles like that. And, you know, especially not having a, a parental support system, but I had, I had this really innate drive of when somebody would, would try to say something or hold me back. 
Um, and I could see at a young age, I had a, a lot of discernment that there was that, that this person, you know, I didn't know about the narcissistic personality then. I just knew there was something wrong in, in the way that they looked at things and they basically tried to hold people back. And, and mm-hmm. so I would just... I, I would just immensely work and and work hard and get and then just kind of always there seemed to be a, a time when somebody would do that and I would just say hang on and watch you know we're gonna we're gonna have some fun here and then I would just it took a while at times and and there was you know times I, I remember one Sharon there was in, in high school in basketball you know I was back then there was there was there wasn't middle schools it was junior high and it went to ninth grade so my my ninth grade year i, I set a school record in scoring and then and then i and know then it, so sweet Sorry. and then it and then it, it it ended up that uh um the high school head coach was uh refereeing the game and he was uh came to me and he said we're excited to have you come up and play and so my sophomore year, I went up and, and tried out, and I made the team, but he ended up having some other guys. He wasn't even out of practices and had them had them play uh, ahead of me, and then finally halfway through the year, I kept fighting through. You know, I knew this was wrong, and that, that just fueled fire, and I worked harder and harder, and finally it came to a point where the coach, the sophomore coach, had seen enough of these other guys' guards that were playing, so he put me in, and then I continued to play, and then my junior year then I was on the varsity with this guy and similar things were, were happening and then um, I ended up just being frustrated and then you know didn't play my senior year but I went on and played later in a, in a big uh, tournament and a, in a big uh, game and I was playing against my ex-coach who had been fired the year after I was fired and uh, I was really excited and fired for that game to play against him and uh he was guarding me the first half and, and then I was scoring and then there must've been talk because the sophomore coach was also on the team and then a, a coach from the Catholic school was also there. And then they, they came out after halftime and then the, the Catholic coach was guarding me and then I made a couple of shots and, and I remember him looking at um, the coach that had not played me my, my junior year and said, you know, Kranz, what the heck was wrong with you? Why you didn't play this guy? And, I remember look, uh, saying, looking at him, saying, "Well, we can see why he's still coaching and you're not." So it was <laughs> stuff that that, yeah. that kind of dro- drove me to that. But to share, I, I've, over the years, I had a lot of you know players I worked with. I had you know things. One, I remember we were going to play. We took a bunch of talented uh, sophomore and junior high school baseball players to Boston and, and to New York to look at colleges, play some East Coast teams. And we're on the plane, and this guy was sitting next to me, one of the players who I, I hadn't really you know, met and talked to much. And he's telling me that he just got cut from his high school and that his coach in, in the um, – when he cut him, said to him, "You'll never. You're not an athlete, and you'll never be one." And I said, "Wow!" What? He actually said that to you. And I said, "So here's what we're going to do." I said, "We're going to work hard now that I've heard that story, and I'm going to help you as much as I can. And we're going to go out here and play 22 games, and and I want you to come, you know, work with me individually when we have time in between games, and then." Um, I want you to, we're going to get you to a college. He was a senior. He was a senior. We're going to find a small college, and we're going to get you to try out. You're going to make the team, and then you're going to send him tickets in the mail and say, come watch me. I think I'm an athlete now. Yeah. 
So that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, we've got another caller. I love it. <laughs> Sally, I love your laugh. Hang on just a minute. Um, okay. So Sherrianna Boyle is joining us, and Sherrianna Boyle is an author of, gosh, Sherrianna, how many books now? Hi. Happy Thanksgiving. Hi. Happy, Hi, happy Thanksgiving. Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm the... I'm the I'm the non-athlete joining the conversation. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Here's, here's one of the reasons why I want you to join in. I mean, I can't think of how many. So Sherryon is a really good author pal of mine. We have chats about being traditionally published authors, how hard it is, the industry, and all these things. And we have both been told no so many times. I share our stack of rejection letters is impressive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and it's not just that. It's it could be a speaking engagement. It could be being a part of something. I mean, there's just there's a lot of that, of course. Yeah. How many books do you have For now? Sure. Um, so my tenth one comes out in May. It, so that will be published in May. So I have nine that are out. I mean, they're all up. The tenth one is up for pre-order now. So that will, that's what I'm gearing okay. up for now. But emotional, emotional detox has been the last three. Yeah. So Sherrianna yeah. is a, uh, an author who specializes in helping us process our emotions, anxiety, stress, depression, all of those wonderful things. An amazing wealth of information with Sherrianna's um, books and, and teachings and so forth. And her podcast, Just As Spirit, is uh going and going and going, but I, I want to go back a few years with you, if I may, and kind of go to a moment where both of our books were kind of, some of the books we'd written weren't doing that well, and you and I were having uh-huh. a conversation of people that have told us to stop writing or do something else with our lives or <laughs> whatever it is, and you yeah. you went all, oh, heck no on that, and I, and I was on the call with you as you are like, oh, heck no, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of done here, and you're like, no, you're not, no, you're not, and I'm paraphrasing here yeah. a little bit, but you went out and found us an agent, and God bless Steve Harris, right? I mean, you, yeah. you got the agent yeah. and then put, put me with him, and I mean, you changed our entire course. Aww. Well, I love you so much too. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that was that was amazing, but I mean, it was challenging. But <laughs> you know, I, it speaks to what you guys have been talking about in terms of. I've heard you know you you both say that about the mentor. You know, you need someone on your side, and that's what what Elizabeth and I needed. We needed some representation. It's a lot to handle everything on your own, and there's a lot of things you don't understand and. You think you understand, and <laughs> and it, slow, it it helps you kind of um, manage the pace of everything, right? They can give yeah. you some guidance, like, hey, you gotta slow down, hey, you gotta speed up. <laughs> but um, you know that I, I was listening to the whole conversation about you guys talking about the, uh, you know, when somebody kicks you down, kind of thing. Did you want me to chime in about that? Oh yeah. Yes, please. Are you going somewhere? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I from an emo, you know, my emotional detox ears always perk up when I hear these conversations. And the thing about when we use that word narcissist or you know people that do that, they put you down. The thing that fuels those people really is emotional suppression. As soon as you start suppressing and oppressing your emotions, they've got you, and you become powerless. And the, the best way is you've got to 
give yourself permission to feel and process what's coming up. And it can be difficult to do if you don't have someone there saying, hey, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel upset. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be vulnerable. I know we don't like that vulnerable word in sports. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not, they don't go together very often. But, and if I sound out of breath, I'm walking up a hill. <laughs> so, yeah. like, how did this happen? I'm, I hit the hill. But, um, so I just wanted to contribute that piece because yeah. I think Thanksgiving's a great time to open up our hearts. And as we feel what we're grateful for, you know, really letting yourself be open and vulnerable and giving that extra I love you or that extra squeeze of a hug or, you know, not, you know, supporting someone that might be a little stressed right now because let's face it, cooking and cleaning, all that stuff is a lot. And uh, they may look like they pulled it off easy, but they probably didn't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I think it's a good time to just, uh, you know, give that extras because people need that these days. I, Elizabeth. Cheriana, talk about dreams coming true because I know since a little kid, you have, you know, I think you were, I think you told me one time you were raised on Sounds True and I love Tammy Simon. She's been on the show before and yeah. it was your dream to become a Sounds True author. Can you talk about the moment yeah. that, because you are. Yeah, now I am. I wasn't for nine books, but I am for the 10th. You know, it's interesting, Elizabeth. I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, (laughs) so I submitted the manuscript. Oh, gosh, I can't remember how. Well over a year ago. And it had a different title. And I had been working on it for a couple of years. So, you know, you naturally get very attached to your titles. And the response I got back was, well, number one, we want to change your title. And I thought, I don't know. And I tried to, like, get them to think otherwise. I don't know. And they kept saying, no, it's uh, they wanted me to change it to the definition I use for manifesting. So when they saw that definition, they latched on to that. And they said, this has got to be the book, which led me to having to rewrite the whole thing. Because yep. it changed the whole field. Which was Sounds fun, like my percolate but... adventure with Hay House. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, okay, but this whole book is threaded around this old title and <laughs> yep. I and I you know, I try to get things to flow nicely. So I redid it, not a problem. But in the process of picking me up, they said, What makes Sharianna now this is email the one to bring this out because she's going to turn the world of manifesting upside down. What makes her the one? <laughs> and you I have thought, to answer that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to answer that. So I said, well, if it was supposed to be someone else, they would have channeled it. Right. Because I channeled it. A, a lot of my <laughs> yeah. writing, I, I, you know, a lot of us, we just were, we're connecting to something higher. I'm sure, you know, Sally connects to something higher when she's doing her art or when you're on the, field, you know, you you get into your zone, right? But mm-hmm. anyway, I thought, well, <laughs> that was an interesting question. There was a little part of me that felt like, is this a question whether I belong to the tribe or not, right? There was that little yep. inner part of me. And there's that vulnerable part where we have to give ourselves time to process. 
of that moment you feel like, do I fit in? You know, am I good enough? Um, do I qualify? And I'm sure that happens on the sports, you know, whether you're getting in an art gallery. It's that inner part of us that we have to give us, you know, and when they said that to me or asked me that question, it made me feel. And just really giving yourself the opportunity to breathe and feel what it, you know, whatever's showing up, because these things have been with us. Self-true didn't create that. Mac, I came to the table with those unprocessed emotions. Nobody, yeah. nobody does it to you. You come to the table, and if you're shoving aside and shoving aside, you're going you're gonna to be more sensitive to certain things because that's an area that you have sort of left unattended. Beautifully put. Well, you've just so blossomed in this beautiful beautiful leader and teacher of all your of all your books and work. I just I love listening to you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud that you're over at Sounds True. They're a great group and I yeah. while you're talking about Sounds True, I can't help it's but called, think about Go ahead. I, I was gonna say it's called energy and action, just in case yeah. anybody wants to know. To pre go pre order that energy and action. <laughs> um, energy yeah. and action. Yeah. And not reaction. Action. No, no, and I was thinking about, you know, just Steve Harris and our and our process with him. Grateful to Steve. He's not on the phone right now, but he'll listen to the show. So you'll you'll hear your name, Steve. But we're so grateful to him. And, you know, that when you say, do I fit in and am I in my tribe and everything, that's, I so feel that way with HCI and everybody at Simon & Schuster and HCI. They're just absolutely um, – yeah, we talked about that, Sharon. You know, you know when you go to a publisher yeah. and you just fit in or don't. And um, yeah. I just, I love them. They, they, they become family. And you know, when you have Thanksgiving, everybody says, "Hey, happy Thanksgiving! How are you?" And you know, all those things. And these are your editors, your publisher, your the marketing people. You know, everybody. And you just go hand in hand. And it's because there's a lot of people involved with producing books. It is not just here's this manuscript, yeah. print it on up. You know, <laughs> there's like 20 people involved or more with books. And it's it's yeah. a lot of people that all have to fire like a team on the same energy. And you can tell whether it's going to be a good book or not based on that. You can tell whether you're going to win the World Series with your book based on the chemistry. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. You know yeah. your chemistry. Right? Yeah, and I, and I do feel it with Sounds True. I mean, it's been the best. Yep. It's been a wonderful experience. I mean, I've had good experiences with all of them. I just, it's so far, it's been a wonderful experience. But it is There's, about uh, – go ahead. Well, there can be a difference between a good experience. You know, yeah, everything can be fine and everything, and then it, it up-levels to a world-class experience where it's a New York Times bestseller or an Amazon bestseller or something like that. And that's the way I feel. I'm so glad everybody is on this phone because the, you guys are my world-class experience people. You know, you know to everybody listening to this show right now, you could call anybody on this phone call right now in, even if you're in a different industry, and they will help you and mentor you in the right direction, even if you're in a different industry, um, like you just did, Cheriana, with, um, you know, you're like, I'm not doing sports today, but I'm going to do this instead. But it all applies to everything that we do in life. And I think that's so important to find the people that surround you with all that love so that you can process your emotions, you can show vulnerability, you can do all of those things. Um, one of the things, we are running out of time. So we've been on for like an hour and a half now almost. So I want to just respect everybody's time and, and energy. And Sherrianna, I'm going to just thank you for calling in and wish you the best happy Thanksgiving ever. And um, 
I'm going to go pre-order your book. I didn't know it was out for pre-order, so I'm all excited. I get to put that news out. Yay, (laughs) thank you. Newsflash. It's great to hear all of you. I have so so much respect for everybody on this call. And um, I think, you know, just such a a humble, Elizabeth, you're, you know, you've always been such a humble, wonderful, you're like, you're you're like coming home, you know, and I would, I think people on the call would agree, Elizabeth, you're consistent, and I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. Tell me one thing you're grateful for um, today. I I know what you're going to say, but it's going to be that family of yours, but you keep. Yeah, yeah, I I am. You know, I'm I'm at the point like you where I got one home from college and boy, that's a nice feeling when everybody's together and you've got one that's been off for a little while and then they walk through the door and I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you're here. And (laughs) <laughs> it's been a little while, but <laughs> but that yeah. feeling of the three girls, my three daughters, laughing together, the bond that I've watched them, that they have, um, the way they love each other, I think that's what I'm grateful for, that my kids get along. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Really Everybody can, asked. Yeah, they just, <laughs> go ahead. Everybody asked me that. Do your, do your boys, four boys get along? I'm like, oh, yeah, like the best brothers ever. Yeah, they're like a little team of their own they have brothers chat and video game night and whatever it is they are all buddies so yeah that's a really good point that they all get along everybody gets along so anyway all right Sherrianna lots of love to you have a great day and um, Joe and bye, Sally everyone. don't hang up just yet we're going to finish off the show Mwah. bye Sherrianna yeah happy Thanksgiving Sherrianna good to meet you um, all right so just winding up um, Sally what's what's something you're super grateful for uh, well, I'm grateful for being alive and being able to live this life that I have. Um, uh, it, it seems a simple thing, but to be grateful, to just be alive is, um, I think, it's a worthwhile um, I love it. Uh, state of gratitude to be in. You know, just um, I'm happy to be here all the time. My mom always says, a- my mom always says aging isn't for wimps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody me all the time. gets to be young, but never, not everybody gets to be old, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's so true. My mom. I was just talking to my mom yesterday, and she goes, "I'm almost 80," and I'm like, "Yeah, but you're like 50, really. I don't even think of you like that." And um, yeah. Anyway, um, Joe, how about you? Well, I think I'm I'm definitely uh, very grateful for family and friends, and like Sally says, uh, my health. You know, I've I've been uh, extremely healthy, and there's a lot of you know colleagues, friends I've had that are you know similar age, and they're really having a lot of battles. And as we've seen, uh, unfortunately, with COVID, so I'm very thankful that I can still you know go out and throw the balls to these guys and hit with them and, you know, spend time with, with, uh, you know, on the field doing stuff with uh, my son and, and, you know, with the girls and, and just, uh, having, uh, you know, each day wake up being grateful for that and to, to, um, you know, make an impact and, and enjoy, uh, each day that we can make the world better. I think that's what we've kind of have in our hearts. And I know Sally also, 
someday. I, I was playing tennis the other night with a guy that's trying to get his hip back in shape that was really into tennis. Him and his son. His son played at Wake Forest University and was was one of the top, I think, rated. In, and so I, every time I play, he always wants me to come hit. I, I have to kind of hit him back to him so he doesn't have to move too far. He's got a hip pointer. He fell and he's trying to get. But I always think about you, and I know we were going to play that time. You had a foot a foot uh, problem when I, in La Jolla, but I, I still it would be one grateful day to just hit some balls with you uh, would be very special. So Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll get on an airplane and go play tennis with yeah. Sally. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And pickleball. Like, I've never done pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't either. But both of you will be like, and Elizabeth, you need to go sit down and go do your gymnastics. No tennis for you, but <laughs> you guys will probably be good at it and I will not be. That's funny. Um, but yeah. always something to learn. But Sally, I think we're going to set that as yeah. a goal. Would you like that if we did that? I love it. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. We have plenty I think we're of places gonna... to play. <laughs> All right. Goals, goals, goals. Yeah. All right. Both of you, I love you very much. Thank you very much for being here on, yeah. on our show and just the moments. It's not really about the show. It's about just moments with you and, and expressing just incredible gratitude for all that you do. I'm just, we're so thankful. Um, well, I do you. not like ending shows. Thank you both know that, but I'm going to. And is there anything before we go that you want to say? Either one of you, or are we good? You go for it. Sally, you go ahead if you got something. Go ahead. I, I, I've got something. But no, go ahead, Sally, if I'm, you have something. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> okay. I'm fine. I, I, th- I think on this day in the world we live in now, I, I just really would encourage people to be happy for others and reach out mm. and call or take somebody to lunch and really just give a little bit of your, open your heart and give a little just to make that person who hasn't probably heard from you smile and just really uh, try to really give thanks that you are alive and can make a difference in just by reaching out to one person. I think on this day, I, I just um, challenge people listening, just either take somebody to lunch this next week or make a call and just tell them you're thinking about them and you, you love them. And, and uh, I think that's a, a great day to do that today. Beautiful. Good. All right. Okay. Yep. Good advice. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being okay. here okay, on the annual Thanksgiving Day show. And I'm going to close us out now with our, our little outro that the beautiful Randy Kay has taped for us. And uh, thank you all for being here. All right, here we go. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.